0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Cappy Pondexer. Cappy, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Good. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, no
1: problem. Thank you for having me.
0: I forgot to mention WNBA legend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so go back in time and uh, tell me how you got involved in basketball as a little kid.
1: Well, you know, it came to me early. I was 10 years old when I really started playing. And um, I played Small Fry, which is a small little league around the world where the rim is like eight feet tall and, you know, you can't be over five one. So mm-hmm. it was a very special league. And I started. I was a center on an all boys team, and I just started playing. I was really good. I was just talented naturally, so I just started playing.
0: Gotcha. Growing up, did you play any other sports?
1: Uh, yeah, I ran cross country a little bit, um, staying shape during my high school days, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. You know, like physically, that's a, a tough sport to to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was there anyone uh, that you looked up to in the NBA or the WNBA? I don't even know if it was in existence at the time uh, that you modeled your game after.
1: I looked up to Michael Jordan, honestly, because he was the key to the city of Chicago. You know, like, no matter if you were involved in, like, gangs or if you were involved in sports, you know, Michael Jordan was the hero. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. And as a kid, you know, like, it wasn't a lot of female basketball players that were well-known at the time. Right. You know, you had Cheryl Swoops and Don Staley and Mr. Leslie. Um, but that didn't come for me until later when I started figuring out basketball. My brother would watch, watch Michael Michael Jordan. So, it was just, he was the person that I modeled
0: by. Uh, were, you, yeah, were you still living in Chicago when he was playing?
1: Yeah, I still was living in Chicago. Like, I mean... He grew up, he, helped, he raised me in the 90s. You know, when yeah. it comes to, like, culture, sports in Chicago, everything is Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's why you look at Don C and Virgil and Kanye West, like, if any sneaker that they wear, it'll be a Jordan 1. It's because he was all about the culture, and yeah. he, helped, he helped cure a city that really needed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, like, coming out of high school, what, what was your recruiting process like?
1: Content. my first letter was USA basketball. That was my very first letter from my high school coach, coach uh, Dorothy Gators. She literally told me, well, you going to play USA basketball. I said, okay, cool. I trusted her because she was she's the winning, winningest coach in Chicago history, male or female. Yeah. She's won more state titles than, than a lot of males. So like, her legacy alone, I just trusted her and she led me into the right places. And I was recruited by every school in the, in the whole entire uh, country. So I could have went to any school, but I chose Rutgers University over UConn, and, you know, my career kind of took off from there. Uh,
0: what What made you pick Rutgers over UConn?
1: Coach Stringer, man. She's an angel, you know. Um, you got to think about it. During the time when her and Pat Summitt would battle it out, mm-hmm. it was during Title IX. Yeah. And she was the only African-American that was doing it for athletes during their time period of Title IX. Yeah. And she she is a very special part of our history. And I just thought it would be a great opportunity to learn from her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what what was your overall like, overall experience like at Rutgers?
1: It was amazing. The school is one of a kind. Like, there is not one university that I could say that could top Rutgers. Like, Rutgers is an impeccable academic system uh, the athletic department is not the best, but we win and we teach our athletes, you know, that it's not just about basketball. And I think that's the most important message. And you can grow up on a fantastic campus um, where you need a car or you use the bus system to get around the university. And I think that is an integral part of a, a young adult growing up. Yeah.
0: Do you still go back there?
1: Uh, Yeah. My jersey was retired. Yeah. The second player on the female side to have my jersey retired. So it was a pretty big accomplishment in very prestigious university. And to be African-American and accomplishing this thing at a predominantly Asian school, I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then uh, after Rutgers, like, were, what were or actually during Rutgers, what was the point where it was like your aha moment that you could go to the WNBA? Uh,
1: I kind of... I kind of felt it happening. Yeah. I would say my aha moment was when I got kicked out of school for plagiarism. Um, that was a very hard part for me. Mm-hmm. And I never talked about this story. You know, people speculated, but it was my truth. It was my, it was something that I had to live with, you know, because there was a swimmer who had just got expelled from the whole entire university, but they saved me. It gave me an opportunity to come back, and I think I proved them right by doing the necessary work I had to to graduate on time as well as represent them as an athlete. So okay. I was able to come back to school, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that was my eye moment. Like, and that's why I decided to stay my last year, that I got back from being a Prop 48 student.
0: Gotcha. What did you study at Rutgers?
1: African-American Studies and sociology.
0: Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think that's like one unique thing about the WNBA that most most of the women have their degrees.
1: Oh yeah, I mean because it's the rule too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the rule. It's the change, which I think it should to give some attraction to the WNBA. You know what I mean? Think about it. If a high school player can come to the WNBA early with the salary that was just given, I think it's fantastic. It's great. It's and I think there's some players out there that can accomplish that.
0: Yeah, isn't they could come out after junior year or no?
1: You can come out when you're twenty one or oh, you yeah, play the okay, year gotcha. over in, yeah. in Europe.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And then um yeah. going into the WNBA draft in uh two thousand six, um, what was what was the whole draft
1: experience like? Wow, I remember it it was in Boston. It was amazing. That's nice. Like, Boston is one of my favorite cities in the whole entire universe. So it was magical to me and to have my parents, um, my pastor, um, my godparents around. It was an amazing feeling. My brother, um, it was it was really, really cool. And I just remember a lot of snow and me flying out. That's <laughs> all I remember. And I flew out to Phoenix the night I got drafted. So to, they welcomed me to the city and it was amazing. And I fell in love with Phoenix the first night that I got there, although I was a little tired from the time change. It was it was a, a real win that I'll never forget for sure.
0: Yeah, did you did you know you were going number two? Like, did you know Phoenix was going to pick? It was you? either
1: one or two. Yeah, okay. It was one or two. It was a question between me and Simone. Gotcha. Simone was actually in her right here. I was I I stayed the extra year, so technically it was Simone's year. If I would have came out the year before, I would have went number one.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure and
1: yeah so it was it was cool you know what i mean like to even be in the top race it was fantastic
0: yeah definitely i mean nothing nothing wrong with going number over overall number two (laughs) that's for sure and and i know uh yeah actually in your in your second year you won the, the WNBA title um so what was that like to do it so early in your career
1: I did it with one of the best players to ever play the game alongside of me, Diana Taurasi, Like if you think about the best combo in the league, I'm going Kathy and Diana. Right. And people can say I'm biased or whatever. I'm just saying we were the best combo duo in the league. In in in, in history as of right now. We brought we brought like this electricity, this dynamic duo, like partnership it was the coolest experience ever because I came out of college and she was a rock star. You're thinking about LeBron James, you're thinking about Kobe Bryant, she had the status. So it was like, wow, I'm going around with Diana Taurasi. It was the coolest thing ever. And she embraced me. She didn't treat me like a rookie. She treated me like, all right, this is my partner in crime. Like, mm-hmm. And that's how we did it on the court. And we were able to win our first championship.
0: Yeah, then you guys won a second one, two thousand nine, right? Together.
1: Yeah, we would have won a few more if I would have stayed for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much done everything in women's basketball. You won overseas too. You won. You won. The, you got the Olympic gold medal too.
1: Yeah, I did. I accomplished a lot. Of, I'm just a winner, man. When yeah. you think about it, at the end of the day, all I cared about, no matter what team I played on or no matter the situation. I always just wanted to win. Like that was that was my heart. That's what my heart told me to, you know, give to the game, and that's what I did. I just gave my heart. I gave my all. I gave my everything. I really love the game of basketball.
0: Yeah. And what what was it like, um, like playing overseas for like your first time, and then, but just doing that almost you're playing basketball basically all year round.
1: I remember me and my cousin Jeff. Went to Istanbul, Turkey for the very first time, and we went grocery shopping around the corner from the house. And we didn't know what we were getting. We were just like, all right, well, it looks like something. Cool. We didn't speak the language, so we couldn't read any of the labeling, the packaging, any of that. So we just grabbed things that looked like Americanized. And luckily, it was at a point where it was transitioning to be Americanized in the the country. So you could read things a little easier. And everything kind of looked as similar as America, so it was like really, really cool. Um, just getting to know the culture, but understanding the language mm-hmm. and just the people in general. It was a cool experience. I enjoyed being overseas, honestly, because the culture. Yeah, definitely. I like to travel a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: was, it was, it was beautiful. for me.
0: Yeah, I think that. I mean, yeah, in that aspect, I think it's cool. Like you guys get to see the world. Um... Stuff like that. I can't even, I can't even imagine, like, I haven't even really been out of the country, to be honest, so I can't even imagine, like, <laughs> looking at stuff. Uh, I'm actually supposed to be going to Canada soon, and I called up the hotel, oh. and they start, and they started speaking in French, and I was like, uh, how are you? <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then they started talking English.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Surprising.
0: <laughs> and then uh, what about, like, the overseas game? Is it... Is it a lot different than the American game?
1: Absolutely. It's more intense. Like, I remember being thrown, like, hot quarters on the court. I remember, like, M-80s being thrown on the court. I oh. got spit on before in my face.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> i for intense. Like, it was like, you know how, like, gangs were here in in the... Um, in America, that's how it was for the teams. Like, yeah. if you re- represent a color, that was like life and death. Like, it was like that intense. Oh yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. fun, you know what I mean? Cause they support, they support their teams.
0: Yeah were any Were any of the teams you played for overseas were they owned by like uh, the soccer teams?
1: Uh yeah yeah oh pretty much I played for Fenerbahce. Yeah. I played for Besiktas, and they were owned by two soccer clubs.
0: Yeah, so the, those teams must have been wild, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see. I just yeah. enjoy, like, the fans and whatever, mm-hmm. how the fans get together in pregame and then, like, going root for the team. And it's just like, you think an NBA game is sold out? Wait till you go to a, 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 a European, like, soccer game. Yeah. That that's sold out. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Um, and I know you've played in WNBA for a long time. Um, what, what do you think... Did you see like a lot of growth from your rookie year to your last year?
1: Oh yeah, the game yeah. it slowed down for me it became easier because I became a mentor toward, towards the end of my career and you know I was still getting buckets, but I became a mentor you know I played for Indiana and when I got there, the team was one and seventeen yeah so we end up finishing season six and twenty one or something like that six and something it was it was a great turnaround. Yeah. And I think the young ladies left a valuable lesson, and they worked hard the next the next season. So they were a young team. I was the oldest person there, so it was cool. It was cool to end my career the way that I did.
0: Yeah, and then uh, let me uh, let me read off some more accolades since you have you have like too many. But <laughs> you're you're a seven time All Star. You're the uh, three time first team. You're the MVP uh. of the finals in two thousand seven all defenses team, all-rookie team, top-15 player. So, what like, what does all that mean to you?
1: It's a blessing because I know that I couldn't do it without God. Like, like all the pressures that come with being a player like that, I didn't understand at the time, but now that I've been really retired and reflecting, I've been able to understand, like, everything that I've been through yeah. because it happens so quickly that you don't even – realize that you know like what's happening and so now that it's really slowed down for me i I feel blessed and honored
0: and i don't take any of it for granted yeah and yeah i know like yeah I know you guys don't you you don't really have time to reflect too because you're always playing basketball like all season all year round (laughs) i mean all year round you know what i'm saying and uh like what do you think about the new uh cba that just came out the other day
1: it's interesting. I'm still waiting on feedback from the players to really see what they think. I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, they had the leadership um, from the president, Janeka McKay being the president of the Players Union. Yeah, we're just trying to see where where, where it heads. You know, I think change has happened, which is important mm-hmm. for women in general and children in general. So I'm excited to see... Um, where
0: we go in the next eight years? So, are, do you have any considerations of coming out of retirement?
1: No, <laughs> maybe the big three. I'll probably try out for that
0: just to just for some laugh. laughs. Uh, all right. Yeah, actually, I saw that. Yeah, yesterday too. A lot of a lot of basketball news. Um, what about what? What advice would you give to young male or female athlete like trying to get a D one scholarship or trying to go pro?
1: You got to focus on the schoolwork first honestly, you really do. You got to focus on the schoolwork, and then, at the same time, you got to focus on your craft just as much. Like, the, the amount of time that you put in basketball, if you put some time into your academics, you know, you can become something really, really great for when basketball is finished. You don't think about the end part. You know, you just think about right now and the possibility of you doing this, but then think about when that's over, when the ball's bouncing, what's next? You got to go back to what what's most important and that's the academic part of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And what what are you up to uh, now that you're retired?
1: Oh, man, I got my hands in so much. Obviously, I love music. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking to do something in music. Um, I think the the second thing is me giving back to the homeless. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing a couple projects where I'm giving back into the community of L.A. when it comes to homelessness. Uh, I think it's a a huge topic that that needs to be covered, not just here in LA, but all across the globe. It's a shame, honestly, to see it. And I think if we give a little more helping hand, I think we can help them get them off the street. And for me, that's the most important thing, and that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. I'm also involved in um, preventing gun violence. I think uh, my experience with my family and losing a close member, a few close members. It has pushed me to start my own uh, <clears throat> my own company mm-hmm. love is too, and then I'm focusing on help better in the community and people that are traumatized from the law mm-hmm. because I think to lose somebody in your family from senseless gun violence is a very uh hard thing so I'm focused on those things just giving back to the community obviously the kids are number one for me. Anything that I can help, I still do a lot of close projects with Nike when it comes to community. Um, you know, I've, I've been with them since I was like 15, so uh, a company like that is is a very important to me, especially now that I'm retired, that I've continued a relationship and a partnership with them. So I do a lot of projects with them in the community for the young kids, especially in the city of Chicago. Yeah, And that's really it. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just giving back. I think that's my purpose in life. Is to give back. I enjoy giving back, and uh, yeah, that's what I do.
0: Gotcha. Uh, I gotta ask you, like, so how did you get with Nike? Like, did you was there any like bidding war with another company?
1: I have no idea. If they are, tell them come talk to me.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like when you first started. When you first started your career.
1: Oh, when I first started my career. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you go through the circuits and. Yeah. My high school, I was blessed to be able to wear Nike on the uniform and warm-up and the shoes. Uh, USA Basketball was Nike Nike at one point. You know, it it just happened. It's it's like that in basketball. I was signed as a Nike athlete for all my career.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Uh,
1: It's a blessing, you know what I mean? Those are blessings that come with the, the the whole price of being a basketball player, a professional basketball player. You know, it's like... It's not easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? People think that it's easy or they see one thing. It's not about that. It's it's the hard work that you put in, and I put a lot of hard work in.
0: Yeah. What, what about, yeah, what what was your, uh, like, workout routine, like, basketball-wise, and, like, did you lift weights and stuff like that too?
1: I played a lot of basketball. Yeah. I did a lot of strength training. You know, exercising your own muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily like weight, you know. I would do a lot of strengthening exercises, a lot of stretching, a lot of therapy, things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's
0: the pe- That's the thing that people I, don't. I take
1: care of my body. I spent a lot of money on my body. Yeah. I did. I had to. I was yeah, playing sure. all year round.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's what people don't see at all, like with athletes in general. Yeah.
1: Massages, you know, you okay. had to get them twice a week. That cost. There's a lot of things that people don't realize that goes into it. It's a lot
0: that goes into it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, are you ready for some yeah. uh, fun questions? We're gonna go from average to savage.
1: Okay. And <laughs> what do I do with average and savage?
0: <laughs> no, I mean like that's what I just named it. So like, I it's usually like some fun questions. So. Uh, and then it just makes you like the last one will make you think more. So so my first question uh, is <laughs> So my first question is what's your what's your favorite shoe of all time? Sneaker?
1: The Jordan one.
0: Any any specific color wave?
1: I specifically like the black and white color wave. Whatever it is, whatever design or whatever shoe it is, I like black and white with the Jordan one. It's so spicy and all right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, actually I mean I don't know if you've seen it on like Twitter when they were coming out with like uh like the all drip awards and they're and then uh like people people were still commenting like your name, even though you were retired. Damn,
1: that's that's special.
0: Yeah.
1: I appreciate that
0: Yeah. Is there any story behind uh your parents picking your name Cappy? My dad
1: named me after his sister.
0: All right. Is that known, or is that like breaking? I
1: ain't Last name,
0: huh? Gotcha. Is that is that like known? Do do a lot of is people? Is it known? Yeah.
1: I have no idea. I guess they know now.
0: All right. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> uh, uh What What do you think your career would have been if you didn't play basketball?
1: Uh, fashion. I'm a teacher for sure. <laughs> Okay. I would have did it I would have done like community projects Helping the kids out I love kids so much
0: Do you do any like basketball camps?
1: No I don't I do them here and there You know whenever yeah. you know, Whenever I feel like it But majority of the time It's just Doing events and stuff I do a lot of events yeah. And the events A lot of times are with kids
0: Gotcha. La- last one, who would you wanna wanna exchange your jersey with? Like any basketball player.
1: Michael Jordan.
0: Uh, I knew you were Michael say
1: Jordan.
0: It. What about a women's player?
1: I'm still going to uh share suits.
0: Alright, yeah, you're just going with the classics. I
1: have to.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure.
1: That's I'll start.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on uh can you let the people know where they could follow you at?
1: on Instagram and Twitter at Kappa, C-A-P-P-A-2-3. And as well on LinkedIn, you can follow me at Cappy Pondexter. Alright, I look forward to connecting with you guys in 2020. I wish that you have a very prosperous year of abundance, love, and peace.